Hi, everybody. My name is Mike Manning. And I'm Trinity French. And we are your business coaches at Wired to Change. With the number two. We help you get your business to the level you want it to be so you can enjoy the life of a small business owner. Insert all the things that are good about business here. And you are dressed as a successful small business owner today. I am. I truly believe that if you dress for the houses you want to sell and the clients that you want to serve, then they will come to you. We will, once you introduce our guest, we'll bring her into the conversation that started that. You'll get a kick out of this. So, but yes, you are correct. And I have dressed for radio. So, yeah. Well, um, I got a new necklace and I felt like I needed a reason ah, to wear it. Okay. Which, hey, Thursday is a good reason. Yeah. Who'd that come from? It came from this amazing place called Target. Yeah. Okay. I can't walk into a Target without spending a couple hundred bucks. Oh, yeah. It's, it's a sickness. I'm a fan. Right. All right. Let's get to the guest. So here we are with our very, 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 very special guest, the one, the only, Miss Christine Wallors. And we have been friends now for a couple years. Yeah. Yeah. A few Not years now. Not more than two. Not more, Not more than, than two. two. No. Um, but it feels like more than two. <laughs> Because you are one of our favorite fellow networkers. I was waiting for the, yeah, I wanted to know what the uh -huh. asterisk was. Uh -huh. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, um, you. and you're also an amazing life insurance agent. Thank you. You have an awesome reputation. Yes, I feel like it's my birthday. It, it could be your birthday with all these compliments, but we are really excited to have you today. Well, thank you. I'm really excited to be here. So the clothing story comes from way back when, I think three o'clock on a Sunday in Walmart, you're free to wear whatever you want. Mm. And Trinity disagrees. And I understand because she said, what she said was she can't wear her bleach stained Michigan sweatshirt, but she didn't have to put on dress and makeup and heels. And I get that. Mm. To which I told her, I would not, I would not judge you if you were my realtor and I saw you in a bleach stained <laughs> Michigan. It's like, it's Sunday. In it's the middle Walmart. Of the day. You just it's summertime. <laughs> you just finished, you know, yard work. Yeah, I got maybe. no problem with it. But no. at the same time, if I can be buttoned up and polished, mm. even in my athletic attire, which I have purposeful, cute athletic clothes that are comfy that I can still wear out but look pulled together. Yep. Look at like Kate Hudson, right? Yeah, I mean, she, exactly. She raised the bar on how you should look in your athletic wear. She, uh, what's the name of the Fabletica. word? Fabletica. Fabletica. Something yeah. like that. Yeah. yeah. So I'm a big believer and um, I think that how you dress affects your mood. So on the days that I actually put on pants, I feel really, really good. Don't laugh, Christine. <laughs> Do not laugh. Okay? No, I'm just laughing because it's so true. I know. It is. And today um, I was doing a presentation. And, of course, you know, people only see you from the chest up. Mm -hmm. But I still I felt really good with my mm -hmm. dress pants on on the bottom. Girl. Yeah. And when I'm on, like, yep. a Zoom and I have my dress pants on, I tend to show people. Ooh, like, yeah. hey, look like it's me. good. This I'm is, wearing like, pants. not filming. Yeah, right. I'm like, look, it's okay. pants. It's a good day when we have pants on. Well, let's move on to life insurance. Okay. Way better subject. Sure. Although, I don't know if you're familiar with Christine's background before she got into life insurance. I am not. 18 years in different roles with mm. Bed Bath & Beyond. Right? <gasps> Ooh. We didn't need to give them a plug. Hey. But yeah. yeah, yes, 18 years in a few different roles, but yeah. mostly the same role. 
What did you I do for? On yeah, absolutely. Um, so I was a trainer. I was a trainer for Bed Bath and Beyond um, for many, 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 many years. What kind of things need to be trained at? Oh, Bed Bath and Beyond? you would be surprised what I know about sheets, down comforters, pans, <laughs> coffee, toasters, espresso machines. Um, Cotton blankets versus wool blankets versus synthetic blankets. Oh, girl. Wow, you are like a housewares expert. It's still up there. You know what? You could have a side business Mm -mm. where you consult with brides and help them come up with their wedding Mm. registry. I used to, that's the other thing I used to do. So I used to manage the wedding registry. Um, I was customer service manager. It was sort of like a multi, like a multi-hat role, you know, not multi-purpose. But um, so for a couple of years in the middle, I was a fine china manager, which was when I ran the the wedding and gift registry. And then um, I was an assistant store manager. Once my youngest got into middle school and I could open up my schedule more, I became an assistant store manager. And then um, against my will, I became an operations manager. And then against my my will, my job started to suck. (laughs) Yeah, my job became hell. I hated it. But, um, you know, I'm sure it's a lovely place to work still. So was that... <laughs> I wasn't going to name where I worked. Thanks, Mike. So now I'm like, what do I say? The They're probably yeah. calling lawyers right now, like yeah. drafting yeah, like letters or whatever. Yeah. If but our did, podcast makes it that big, I'll yeah. know that. Okay. Yes. Did well, you, I do have lots of friends that work there, and I still buy my shower curtain liners there. Just so good. you know. Oh, well, I'm yes. in the market for a new yep. shower curtain liner. I'll help you pick one out. Perfect. There you go. Look at us. Was that Northeast customer service or southern customer service that you practiced we really where i worked (laughs) um it is a very decentralized company so i worked for 10 years in massachusetts and it was wonderful loved it loved it loved it loved it loved it and then i moved here and i worked for the same company for about eight years and it was a job Mm. we'll just leave it at that okay it was a job a yeah. job I used to love. But you were with your people in Massachusetts. Everybody spoke the same language. You yeah, knew when I was pointing. They understood me. You knew when I was pointing. You knew I was yelling. You know what they both I meant. I knew yeah. everything. Yeah. I had to change how I talked when I came here. See, I can say here. I said years a yeah. few minutes ago. No, I said here, <laughs> like not here. Here. And um, <laughs> I had to, like, you know, get my accent under wraps and it would hurt my face. Like by the end of the day, my my face would hurt, but I would get on the intercom and I'd be like, housewares assistance needed at the cookware desk, you know, an associate, you know, so housewares, right? I'd be saying that over the intercom and and department, right? So assistance needed in the housewares department and everybody would go like, (gasps) so I had to change. So where are you from? I'm from Boston. You're from Boston. Yeah, I mean, technically, I'm from Quincy, which is not Quincy. It's Quincy. Um, It's seven miles south of Boston. My dad was a police officer in Boston. We did everything in Boston. I grew up on the coast. Totally different from here. How did I not know this about you? I don't know. (sighs) You're going to cheer for the Celtics and the Red Sox now, like you're cheering for everybody, every other team in the free world? Hey, I've met Celtics down in the garden, outside the locker room, but I used to have to wait outside. I couldn't go in the locker room. John Havlicek. No, I met like Larry Bird. I've met ML Carr. I have a a good. Have I ever told you my Larry Bird story? Oh, tell me your Larry Bird story. Oh gosh. So I had one of my favorite jobs I ever had is I worked at Indian Wood Golf and Country 
Club mm-hmm. in Michigan. Really nice golf course, private course, um, but they do a lot of fun events and lots of charity tournaments. And Larry Bird was at one of these, and I am <laughs> self-proclaimed <laughs> terrible at pop culture. So someone famous could walk into this oh, room right now, so and I would have oh no idea who they are. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. we, I was working an event, and I had my little cocktail tray, and I walked up to this very, very tall white man, and the first thing out of my mouth was like, man, you're really tall. <laughs> and he laughs at me and puts his arm on my shoulder and <laughs> jokes around and he's like and you're kind of small and we have like this moment and I take his drink order and I walk back and I'm waiting for the bartender to make his drink and he looks at me and he goes do you know that you just made an ass out of yourself in front of Larry Bird <laughs> and I was like oh my gosh but I don't know I was picturing him and sorry Larry Bird he's not like the most attractive guy no. mm. so um I didn't know what he looked like, and I was like, oh, well, mm. I guess well, he, that's what all the hype was his about. His nickname is the Hick from French Lick. Oh, well, so. that's something lear- new I learned. Danny yeah. Ainge was really the only one back then that was cute. But he was mm. short, too. You wouldn't even have thought he was a basketball player. Yeah. I just want to go back to okay. Bed Bath & Beyond. Oh, my gosh. And, and Do we you, need to go shopping? No, 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 okay. no, no. You on the microphone mm-hmm. in the south. Mm-hmm. I just picture these screens around the store mm-hmm. with subtitles. No, it was more like you because heard they couldn't understand dropping. your northeast. No, they couldn't. Yeah, that. But here, also, mm-hmm. wait over here. Mm-hmm. Wait, where? What? Yeah, yeah over here. You see, sub southern yeah. subtitles. Yep. <laughs> I, I felt like when I would do that, and I would put the phone down, I would go, "Oh my god!" and and I could just hear it, <laughs> and it was like everything stopped in the store, you know, and. And now, like, my accent is more prevalent now because, you know, leaving that world and as I moved into insurance and became more comfortable and I really enjoy what I do, that I'm more relaxed and more of, like, the true me comes out. So my accent is, you know, it's it's back, but it's not in full force. Right. Oh but my God. when you yell at the kids, it comes out, doesn't it? Well, yeah, but yeah. I can throw around all y'all's, like, you know, like I grew up saying it. Like, I, I'll I, be like, so when you go back mm-hmm. north, because mm-hmm. this is when I mm-hmm. realized, is when I go back home, yeah. everybody's like, say Raleigh, say <laughs> Raleigh, you have such a <laughs> such a southern accent, Raleigh, Raleigh, North Carolina, That's and I'm like, happened. oh my gosh, I do sound like that. No, not for to me. To them. To them, to yeah. them, I sound like I have a southern drawl. To, to people down here, here yeah. they're like, no, you How don't. How long have you been here? It has been almost 15 years. Yeah, so I've been here 11. But when I go home, I just drop right back into it. Mm -hmm. But I'll I'll throw down some y'alls because I say that naturally. Yeah, it is part of, like, just my natural, you know, vocabulary. But, oh, yeah, I just get right. You know, I'm banging UEs and I'm, like, doing whatever. I'm saying all the Boston When I first moved here, I worked at... um, Northwestern Mutual, and I, for the first three weeks, I worked there as the receptionist before I got promoted. Mm. Pat myself on the back mm-hmm. there. But man, answering the phone was the most difficult job I've ever done because mm. I could not understand a lick. People would call from like down, down east, and I would have no clue whatsoever what they were saying. I mm-hmm. had to ask them to spell stuff because I just had no idea. Yeah, you'll get one of yeah. these, hey, is Bill in? We're fixing to run, but I want to talk to him real fast. I'm like, Fix what? <laughs> what? Speak English, please. Yeah. It was it was definitely hard to work with the public when I first came here, sure. I'm going to take the first question. I'm going to let you have the others, all right? All right. So okay. Newberry College. 
Oh, cheapest creepers. I want to know you were the recipient of the oh, Golden geez. Pineapple yeah. Award. It doesn't. First of all, Newbury College just closed. That sounds like a, a Miss okay. America pageant contest. Yes, it well, actually sounds I like should, a swingers convention. I should have worn my Golden Pineapple <laughs> earrings nice. and brought my award. Had now I you known have my you attention. were going to. Well, you Sneak. know that the pineapple is the international symbol for if you're a swinger in a neighborhood, you no, put a pineapple outside. No, it's not the international symbol of that. That's like the Fuquay symbol of that. The inter- and the, the Wake pineapple. Forest symbol and the, no. the pineapple the, okay. is known as what you put out yes. if you're a if swinger. You're a swinger. Yes. That was totally like, that was revealed like through like Fuquay Verena memes or something. It was this big to do with like Fuquay and Holly Springs. And I'd never heard of that. So just to, to um, repair the reputation of the pineapple, the yes. pineapple is the international symbol of hospitality. And I went to Newbury College and I graduated with a degree in hospitality management. And I was also the president of the Innkeepers Club. Thank you very much. What Very did you? Nice. What is the Golden Pineapple Award oh, awarded for? And do you I still like have the it? Best. Of course I do. It's like on a plaque. It's got a 3D pineapple on it. I'm very proud of my hospitality roots. Thank I'm gonna, you very much. I'm going to send you an email later asking for a headshot and a logo. <laughs> Will you send me a picture of that too? I think we so, get some fun with it. I, um, I think we yeah, just hit the nail on the head why we get along so well. Because I loved hiring anyone that had had worked success in, in, the hos- and worked yeah. in hotels and yeah. hospitality because if you can do that or if yeah. you're a really great waiter or waitress mm-hmm. there's so few people that are mm-hmm. that yeah. people don't realize how much coordination and client service goes into keeping people happy when they're on vacation oh yeah i i do love that too like i love I love being the hostess. I love making everybody happy. I like overseeing things, making sure, you know, those people over there are doing what they're supposed to do. Those people over there are doing what they're supposed to do and just making sure everybody's having a good time. So, yes, I am a proud recipient of the Golden Pineapple Award. Thank you very much. I think that was 1990. The rest of the afternoon is yours. I am now complete. Yes, I am. Um, Well, you did ask what it was, and I think it was just because I was just the most awesomest. And I met Julia Childs there, by the way. I just want to say that, yes, I actually had a conversation with her there. And my husband went to school there, too. He was in the culinary arts department. But he didn't get that award. No, he did not. Does he still cook? For us, yes, for you guys. but not professionally. Yeah. He hates okay. doing it professionally. It's really his, it's his hobby, and it keeps me from ever having to cook again, unless he dies. But if he dies, I just tell my kids that um, we would Carry just Carry the out. torch. Well, no, no, we no? would just eat out. Oh, yeah. is he not teaching the kids how to cook? Well, kind of, but I will tell you, if you had asked me questions to ask ahead of time, I would have told you to ask me, what do my kids say is the best thing that mom makes when mom makes dinner? So the best thing that mom makes is buffalo chicken sandwiches. And I literally go to the store and I buy those frozen breaded chicken breasts and I warm them up in the oven and then I just melt butter and mix it with Frank's Red Hot and I dip it in that and I put it on rolls and I, yep, that is what my kids say is the best thing. And they mean it. (laughs) They're like, like, can mom cook tonight? Like, can we have buffalo chicken sandwiches? It's very depressing and sad. It sounds delicious. I'll take it any day of the week. Hey, you know what? At least you know what you're good at. I know my limitations. I yes. used to cook, but when you don't have to cook, yeah. why should you? I used to cook a ton, and Scott is the person that tends to cook the most mm-hmm. in our household, mm-hmm. which I greatly appreciate. We actually mm-hmm. had this conversation the other night, and he said, you know, there's times when you make me dinner, and it's just such a special occasion. And I was <laughs> like, I know. So if I did it all the time, it wouldn't yeah. be very special. Yeah. Like, like Haley's comment in the yep. house. <laughs> <laughs> I agree. Like, and hey, when you know, you, I know my role, and my role is not the cooker. That is not my role. 
I'm a husband and I know my role. All right. Very good. Well, speaking of roles, <laughs> I love that um, you are in life insurance mm-hmm. because I started my career working for a life insurance mm-hmm. company. I am probably one of the biggest proponents of having a very strong plan because within the first two weeks that I took over an, I took over a role of um, manager of, at the time they called them orphaned clients. Oh yeah, I know they still use that term. Okay, mm-hmm. so I hate that term, mm-hmm. but basically it's clients that their agents no longer with the company for whatever reason. Yeah. Right. And so these orphaned clients became my, my clients. Mm-hmm. And um, I got a phone call my second week doing that job and I had to deliver a disability policy and a life insurance policy to a woman whose son was 26 and passed away. Mm. Hardest two things I've ever done in my life was taught what the first was a dentist and he was devastated because even with his, you know, with his disability insurance, it still wasn't close to what he'd had as a full-time working dentist. Um, so having, I saw the value very, very early on in a really good plan. Mm. It is important. Have a good plan and have enough. To have enough, yeah. To have enough. And it's something that people just don't want to think about. Nope, they don't nobody think wants to think about dying. Mm-hmm. No, nope, <laughs> nobody wants to think about my business partner dying. We'll deal with mm-hmm. it later, yeah. Yeah, Especially we'll just men. deal with it later. Men more yeah. than women do mm-hmm. not want to talk about it. Nope, not at all. Yeah. So how do you find that you are able to get people to open up and have that discussion? Well, yeah, it's funny. So usually it is the woman that will um, invite me to have a conversation with the couple. And really it's just about letting them know that, you know, they're not the only ones in this situation, right? That, um, so I guess we're talking about like, how do we get people to open up? Yeah. Well, really, you have to ask people to stop and think. So, Trinity, if you and Mike were married, if we won't use Scott's name, let's just say Mike, um, if Mike were to die tomorrow, like, what does life look like for you? We're shit out of luck because we have no plan, Mike. Yeah. yeah uh, right? So the, the podcast yeah. would shut down. It and, would. You know, things would, would um, just not be normal anymore. But really, it's about that, just asking people, sometimes just getting them to talk about the tough things. Like what would life look like for you if, or for her, if you died tomorrow? That's a big thing because men don't want to think about it. They're, you know, they're the protector in most cases. They're the, you know, they, they still think they're the provider, even though I think there's statistics out there about how much we're making. But anyways, we, as are, women, we are making yeah, our way up the, right. up the food that's chain. Right. Right. I was the breadwinner in my family for Almost all the time. But anyways. And I was a little ahead of the curve because mm-hmm. I had a strong mom. But I was Good. in college and right out of college. And I'd meet these guys like, well, I don't want my wife making more money than me. Mm-hmm. I'm like, dumbass. It's your own. Yeah. It goes to the same bank account. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So your ego can't take it that your wife's a doctor and you're not. And she's making 300000 What are you complaining about? My husband never cared, which is good. You shouldn't. Mine no. doesn't either. You no. should want it's your all in spouse the family. to excel. <laughs> yes, yeah, right? Yeah, the same damn account. Exactly. Never exactly. understood and that. And you never know when the tides may change and mm-hmm. you have to switch roles and your spouse might be the one that's 
Exactly. Like when one spouse decides they want to quit their job after 18 years. Right. And start a whole new business that they've never Mm. had anything to do with before. We haven't heard that that yet on this show. (laughs) So let's, let's, that's a great lead in question to what was the turning point when you had the kahunas Mm -hmm. to make that leap? Um, When I was crying in my office at work because I was so miserable. I hated, hated, hated my job. Hated it. I mean, a million times hated my job. And um, I literally was crying. And I would come home from work and I would like drop my bag. There was there was a specific day where I came home from work and I dropped my bags because I was always bringing work home in this last position, working on schedules and all kinds of crap that I just couldn't care less about nowadays. Um, but I dropped my bags down on the floor. And my, I'm in the kitchen. My husband's in the living room. And I burst into tears. Burst into tears. And he was just like, oh, my God. Like, what the hell is wrong? And I was just like, I hate my job. I hate everything about it. I hate my life right now. And, you know, so, yeah. So that is sort of propels you to make a change. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, um, and on the flip side, my best friend had been nagging me for like three years to get into life insurance. We had both worked uh, for the same company. We followed very similar paths, and she had gotten out before me, was doing life insurance, and loved it, and was very successful and making lots of money, and she just kept telling me, like, leave and do this, leave and do this, and well, my husband would hear her say that, so when I dropped those bags and burst into tears, for him, that was like, oh, it's time, you can leave, and you should go be a life insurance agent, so... Well, you decided to get into one of the most competitive. Yes. Oh, my gosh. Industries. Yes. So the two most competitive industries Mm -hmm. and with the highest failure rate are Mm -hmm. real Real estate (laughs) and (laughs) life insurance. (laughs) Business coaching doesn't fall in the top five. Yes. Nope. Yes. You are correct. um, (laughs) Our retention rates in both of our industries Mm -hmm. are abysmal. Mm -hmm. You have been going strong now for how many years? Um, just about to celebrate my third anniversary. Okay. So you've made it over the two-year hump. Mm-hmm. Congratulations. Thank you. I'm a lifer. Yep. Yes. And um, was there anything that you ever thought that you would do? Like, did you pursue any other paths? Or no. was it always just life insurance? And you um, knew that that was going to be it? Well, no. I resisted, actually. I actually resisted. Um, I tried to keep it away from my girlfriend that I was quitting. <laughs> And I was like working on my resume and I was going to, you know, I set up some interviews. I was applying for some jobs and my husband just kept saying, why, why are you doing all that when you could just go and do life insurance and be like your friend? And um, I think I felt like I had to do these things. Like I had to get a resume and I had to get out there and, you know, pound the pavement and interview and all that. And why, you know, when I had this great opportunity and so I, decided, okay, I will start taking the course. And actually, before I quit, I started the course. I mean, I wasn't, I didn't just quit and then go, now what? But I started the course. And, you know, there are people that will tell you, um, oh, yeah, I got licensed in two days. I took the course in two days. I got licensed. I was selling life insurance five days later. Yeah, great. Where are you now? Mm -hmm. Right? Mm -hmm. So for me, if I was making this kind of change, it was going to be a career change, okay? And it needed to be 
you know, a thoughtful change and, and it needed to mean something. So I took my time studying and learning. I filled a whole notebook. I'm a paper girl and I like wrote my notes. And as I took my online course, even though you only needed like a 70 to advance, I wouldn't allow myself to advance unless I had an average of an 88 and I would keep track of my scores. <laughs> and, and it got to, I was literally writing down my scores and averaging, the, averaging them out. And, you know, it just got to the point where I was just like a hundred, a hundred, a hundred, you know, let myself move on. I studied my notes. I just took it very seriously because the more I learned, the more I realized how important what I was going to be doing could be. And I wanted it, like I said, to be a new career because this is my third career. And they say on average, Americans have like three careers. So I'm like, oh, maybe this is my last career. And I wanted it to count. So um, yeah, I just became very passionate about it from the beginning. Soon as I started to like, you know, peek under the cover, you know, and just realized how important it was and how much of an impact I could make on people's lives. So, yeah, that's awesome. How long was that window from the time you quit to the time you decided why interview with everybody? Well, I was doing all that behind the scenes. So, like, I didn't quit. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. I I mean, I wasn't going to quit and then be like, now what? Right. So, I mean, I planned it. So I did my studying. I got my license. I turned in my resignation on September 11th, which is my birthday. Um, so I, that was like my birthday gift. It turned in my letter of resignation. The whole place went crazy. Like I literally got a phone call from my district manager. What are you doing? You're crazy. Why? You're, you know, you're supposed to be a store manager. Why are you leaving? I said, I've been in your store for six months and this is the first time you've called me. Like literally it was the first time he had called me and I had always wanted to work for this guy for like years. I knew him and I really wanted to work in his district. And like the first time he picked up the phone to call me. Was when, the day, really when he found out I was We leaving. did a podcast on bad managers. Right? Yeah. He's a great guy, like super nice guy, but yeah, that's not, mm. that's not what yeah. you yeah. need to check in yep. with your employees yep. pretty yep. consistently because you would, don't know what they're thinking. Would, from day one mm-hmm. when you took over that store, would that have made a, distant, a difference if he was working with you, do you think? No, I was never, you know, it was... They used to talk all the time, you know, yeah, yeah, you know, you work towards store management, you're going to have a store. Well, the store I wanted, a person I consider, you know, a friend, like a peripheral friend, right? But someone who I I highly regard runs the store that I want to run. So why would I pursue a position at a particular store when there's someone who is, you know, that you like and employed the, right. in that position. It was never going to happen. I mean, Well, no, I mean, I guess it could have, but it wouldn't have been the right thing. I was not heading in the direction I wanted to go in. I thought I wanted to be a store manager. My heart and my passion is in training. And with life insurance, I, when I'm sitting down, like kneecap to kneecap with someone at the kitchen table, because I go to my clients, except right now we're all virtual, but um, I get to educate them mm-hmm. on you know, what life insurance can do for them and what life insurance would mean for their family if, God forbid, something happened to you. So there's still that education. So many people really don't know anything about life insurance, which is why so many people don't have it. I really believe that. You know, they get it from their employer. It's easy. They sign some forms. They don't even think about it again. Right. You know, they don't think about it until something happens or something happens to somebody in their family. Mm -hmm. And all of a sudden they're like, why didn't we have this? Yeah. But yeah. education from is the key September eleventh when you mm-hmm. turned in your notice to mm-hmm. when you got licensed and mm-hmm. put your shingle out or your name mm-hmm. somewhere. How long are we talking? Um, from the time I gave my notice yes. to like my first appointment was almost a month. Oh wow, that's nothing. Okay. 
but I mean, but remember, I had been doing all my studying oh, and learning oh, prior to that. Yeah, to squeeze yeah. that into a month. Yeah. That's impressive. well, I gave them a two week notice, but then I said, but I'm not working it because I gave up my appointment, my my week, my my vacation week a couple weeks ago because this other manager screwed up the schedule, and so I gave up my vacation. So I was like, so I'm taking that vacation, and you know, yeah. So I didn't nice. really work it. It was no way in hell I was staying for two weeks. Right. Mm-mm. I, I, I've Mm-mm. been in jobs like that before. Yeah. They were lucky I didn't walk out. Skin crawl. Mm. I mean, I just didn't walk out because you can't do. do No, and and the responsibilities I had at that store at the time, you know, I wanted to make sure that I could at least leave things in a way that hopefully somebody would come in and be able to take over. It's a trickle down effect for the people that worked for you. That if you leave, and then they got to cover that. Yeah, that the store that I left finally though, I was only there for like six months or whatever, and I it it wasn't my home, so I didn't have any. It wasn't sad for me to leave that store. Yeah. I had never, like, it just, I don't know. It, you know what I mean? It just never felt like home. Well, I think that it's really important. Um, but back on the business aspect of things, what would you say in the last three years has been your biggest success? Um, well, my, my biggest success is that I no longer rely on someone else for my paycheck and my happiness. Like for me, that's my success. Mm -hmm. Um, so to have like one big success, no, every day honest, this sounds so silly, but like there isn't any one successful moment because every time I put a policy on a family, it's a success, you know, anytime they get approved. Like I literally still skip around my house. Like yesterday I was like, ooh, four policies today, four policies today. You know, that's a huge win. Like that's a success. That's four people covered Four. you know, it was two different families protected. Um, you know, I don't know, somebody nominated, they're all popularity contests, but like somebody nominated me for like the Indie Award. That yep. was really exciting. Somehow I got nominated for the WRAL thing. So that was exciting, you know, so that's fun. Um, I um, I went through Launch Holly Springs a couple of years ago, and being chosen to be in that class and go through that course and and have that support of the community like that was a huge win. There's been so many successes. There isn't one. I love that. Sorry, I didn't have a real answer. That is a real answer. <laughs> it's your honest answer. Well, on the flip side of that, yeah. what has been the biggest either stressor or Ugh. failure that you've had to overcome? Well, there is a lot of stress, as you know, yes. with the job. Um, the biggest thing I've had to come overcome is I've had to teach myself and train myself to not want it for the client more than they want it. And yeah. that is so hard for me because I'm like, oh, my gosh. Yay. I'm sorry. I, like, totally banged the table. <laughs> but That's I'm just okay. like, you know, you I'm so excited. Like, you want to talk about life insurance. Yes. Like, you've, you know, you've come over the hill. You understand. It's important. And I'm so excited. And, you know, I think, great. They, they know they want life insurance. So why won't we be taking care of this? And then they don't. And it's like, oh, it's just, it's a gut punch, mm-hmm. you know. And there's people where I've met, I've had one, two, three meetings with. And they still, like, you know, won't pull the trigger. No. And yeah. that kills me. So the biggest thing for me, and I say it out loud because, like, I've had to train myself. Like, I can't want it more than them, even though I know it's the right thing, even though I firmly believe you only get what you can pay for, right? Right. Like, having life insurance should allow you to sleep at night. Paying the life insurance bill should not keep you up at night, right? Right. So I, I'm, like, a firm believer in that. And I want it so bad for people and People still 
Yeah, and they'll don't still go to Starbucks and order that no, grande, don't even get me double, started. triple yeah. frappuccino yeah. Yeah. five times a week. And for them and their three kids. Right. Right? I mean, we have families that <laughs> go to throw Starbucks. throw those egg bites in there. <laughs> well, you know, everybody's walking out with a super-duper luxury frappuccino at five or six bucks a piece, three kids and mom, and you're talking 40 bucks, and life insurance can be... 30 bucks, you know what I mean? Yeah. And you could be taking care of those three kids if, God forbid, you get hit by the car leaving Starbucks and die. Exactly. Those kids aren't going to care about the Starbucks anymore. It is your love letter to your loved ones. Yeah, people love to say that, right? Yeah. I, 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 you know, every and now and then true. I say life insurance is love insurance. Mm-hmm. Um, Aww. Right? That's every so now and sweet. then I'll be a little meme on my Facebook page, but, you know, yeah, it, it is. It's the best thing you can do, it's the best gift you can give your family. So we talk a lot about networking. Mm-hmm. I think that you are a quintessential networker. You just, um, some days I just aspire to be Christine when it comes to networking. <laughs> what would you say are your favorite, like you started one of your own networking mm-hmm. groups, right? Right. Yes. The Holly Springs Small Business Networking Group. Yes. Yes. And that came out of a partnership with another person? Well, it came out of me realizing one day that I lived in Holly Springs and I was driving to Apex for the Apex Small Business Networking Group. (laughs) And then I was driving to Fuquay for the Fuquay Small Business Networking Group, two groups that I love. Um, And I realized one day, why don't I have one in Holly Springs? I was, what's going on in Holly Springs? Like, why don't we have one? And and that was the honest to God truth. I was just like, I want one here too. Mm-hmm. And so, um, so I gave it some thought. I wrote some notes, kind of came up with a little outline, knew what I wanted to do because I was going to both of those groups and they were my inspiration. And I thought, well, I'll just steal the name because it's not like trademarked or anything. Right. And, and plus I wanted it, you know, I want people from both of those groups to come too, right? Just like I went to them, I wanted them to feel welcome as well. And um, so when you do something, right, it's always good to have a partner. Mm-hmm. And two brains are better than one, right? Absolutely. And I also, honest to God, thought, what if I was sick one day? That's what we <laughs> should have named and the I podcast. And I couldn't do it. What? what? Two, two brains, brains are, are better than, than one. And you could have still had your two. Oh. We and weren't the one. Thinking. Could have had two new ones. Oh, well. The but next anyways. one we do, we'll name it the... Well, so I just realized, you know, I shouldn't do it alone. And when I had... Um, so to give like total props to my friend Diane, um, Diane found out like we we're neighbors. Diane Kinlaw, Go Prime Mortgage. If you need a lender, call Diane. Um, anyways, um, Diane and I live ten houses away from each other. We've lived there the whole time we've, I've lived in North Carolina. Our kids were like best friends when they were little, and she was corporate. I was corporate. She had quit her job. Uh, I didn't know because we didn't run in the same circles. And then I quit my job. We both ended up at my neighbor's 50th birthday party. And she came in and was like, oh, my God, you quit your job. I heard. And this is fabulous. And she, like, swooped in and was like, let me tell you about networking. And um, so when it came time for wanting to start the Holly Springs Small Business Networking Group, I was like, well, who else would I want to do this with than with Diane Diane Kinlaw? So, yeah, so called her. And I was like, Let's have a meeting. We had a meeting at her house. I brought my notes. She brought her ideas. And we literally, it was like, we just, we wanted the exact same thing. So that, awesome. that is exactly how I recommend people start a networking group. Well, there you go. You just have to start. And I'm sure that it's morphed and grown oh, yeah. oh and changes mm-hmm. and grows and it looks different. And mm-hmm. that is totally okay. Absolutely. Meet, the, meet your people where they are and, and meet their needs. And we started at the Holly Springs co-working station back in um, August of 2018. And we had, I think, 12 people at the first meeting. 
and we meet twice a month and we'd have like 12 to 16 people and within a few months it was standing room only and we moved from there to bombshell beer company mm -hmm. thank you bombshell um they allow us to use the um the space there and we've had as many as 70 people nice. so wow, that's awesome yeah but on average i would say about 50 55 too many to the point where like we don't do like 30 second commercials every meeting because mm. we There's can't just too many people no right no and and it has morphed a little bit we um we evolved um into it's a little different than most networking groups but for the first half hour we open network because just listening to people and taking feedback and just checking the pulse of the group they loved that time together mm -hmm. and then from you know and then we we move into the other steps after that but yeah it's 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 a great group i love it i love getting the feedback i'm happy to be a part of it and i've met a lot of great people awesome yeah well we love meeting great people as well so if you out there in listener land would like to meet us please email us info at wiretochange.com and that's with the number two if you want to get a hold of christine which i recommend you do how do they get a hold of you dear they can email me at Tina at gmail.com, W-A-L-O-R-Z-T-I-N-A at gmail.com, or they can hit up my website at wallowersinsurance.com, or they can find me on Facebook. With or the, you can stalk us and we'll introduce you. Sure. The website with the new logo, I might add. Yes, my new logo. Very nice, yes. Thanks to Wake Tech Marketing Department. Another plug. It's all about the plugs We're today. just plugging away. I know. We're plugging, plugging away. Plugging away. Plugging and give you more. And I want to <laughs> plug away that you should go out. You should like. You should subscribe. You should share this podcast with all those people that you care about because everyone needs these three brains. Three brains are better than two. All right. Yeah. Yeah. And with that, we'll see you next time on our Wired to Change podcast.